guys, welcome to the Is This Cinema podcast. It be me, Priscilla, and we haven't got Jess today, but we've got the head honcho. We've got Banky <laughs> with us. <laughs> and today we actually have a major interview with um, the hair on set uh, producers and director. We've got two thirds of the team. So we've got Jordan and we've got Lee, who both acted as the director and producer of the um, documentary. Vala, who was one of the main directors of the film as well. She was unable to interview us, but she's just as lovely. And we were very, very grateful that we got a chance to interview with any of them, actually. And we're actually going to go through our thoughts and opinions on the documentary itself, what we thought, um, anything we took away from it and why we... We both think you should watch it, but I'll go through the normal admin. So we've recorded episodes of reviews of Gen V. If you've not watched Gen V, but you have watched The Boys, then do watch Gen V. If you've not watched either of those two things, watch both, then listen to the reviews. Gen V is very, very good. The reviews are very, very funny. Finale tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, defo watch it. Um, if you've also have been watching Loki, there are reviews on Loki. If you've not watched Loki... Start watching Loki. This is not the typical Kevin Feige thing where the Disney property is rubbish. It's very good. It's Jesus very good. Jesus Christ. It's How dare good. you insult my Lord and Savior Kevin Feige like that? I'm going to, uh, my Lord and Savior is Jesus Christ. So I'm going to insult Kevin Feige. Well, I don't know, man. Did Jesus Christ give me Captain America Winter Soldier? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't he know. He gave Stan Lee the talent to write it. So. <laughs> Wait, let me just quickly, let me just quickly. God, I, I don't mean that. That was just a joke for the internet. Please. <laughs> so if you've not watched Loki, please. It's been like three... By the time we released this episode, it would have been four episodes. Five actually would have come out by five. then. Yeah. Watch all five, then come back and listen to the reviews of the episodes. It's good content. Like, I'm not talking about good Marvel. I'm talking about good TV. Just good TV. It's very good. And... This Marvel okay. heel turn that you're on is, is ridiculous. No, Where I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. Since Moon Knight, I've not been able to No, 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 no. Look, the TV, the, t- the TV slate has been... Nobody's arguing that. Even the movie slate hasn't been that brilliant. Post, post what do you call it? Post No Way post Home. Post No yes. Way no, Home. Yes. Nobody's arguing Did this. You, no Way Home slump. came out two years ago. They're in a slump. But they also gave us 2008 to 2019. I think we can give them more than two years. Nah, they, they, I give them two bad movies. They Jesus. gave me that four movies. But they had two bad four. movies in the Infinity Saga. Like they had, most of those movies are not that great. What what movie was as bad as Thor? Thor the Dark the World. Last... Thor the Dark World. That was not worse than oh, the fourth don't, film. You know what, Priscilla, what would that is? let's not do this. Let's <laughs> not. You, this, is, this is revisionist history. Thor the Dark World, Iron Man 2. They've been bad MCU movies. Look, Iron Man 2 is not a bad movie. I'm not having that. Iron Man 2 is not a bad okay. movie. Um, comparison to the garbage that's come out. Also, there's back to Priscilla. Priscilla did Kill the Flower Moon. So please check that out. Priscilla and Jess. Um, yeah, it was very, very... Honestly, guys, please. Yeah. Priscilla please. and Esosa did if you've the Taylor got, Swift doc. If you've got free time, if you've got a spare £7.99 for your view... Don't spend the twelve pounds at Odeon. Um, if you've got spare money, use it to watch Killers of the Flower Moon. You're gonna bulk at the idea that it's for nearly four hours long. Don't bulk at it; it flies by. I'm not joking. Oh, also, final piece of admin: Invincible. 
we're going to be covering it weekly. So please check that out as well. Okay, Priscilla, let's please, let's talk about this documentary before let's fans stop, documentary. Stop, 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 stop listening. Um, but I'll give my personal opinion about the documentary. It was possibly one of the, actually one of the, the best black hair documentary I've seen in a long time because Chris Rock had to do one and it was, it was rubbish. Oh my god, these trays, these trays that keep on happening. Um, the plenty of ones which have not been that good. This was brilliant, like it nails the experience very well. I think what I loved most about it was the fact that you, I think sometimes when you do documentaries about these these experiences, I think sometimes we turn it's things we've always we've heard, mm-hmm. but when you've got like Natalie Emmanuel from Game of Thrones. And you've got Naomi Harris and all these actors. Oscar nominee actors, Naomi Harris. Oscar nominee Naomi Harris. Don't play about her name. And mm-hmm. all these other actresses and actors who are discussing their own experiences. Even Fuller herself. Like, I know Fuller from Death in Paradise. <laughs> like, I've watched most of the things she's been in. Like, I remember her in Youngers. So, mm-hmm. um, and they're all explaining, like, Fuller even goes to goes through a, a story where she actually talked about sending videos on how to do her hair to a stylist. And I think watching the documentary about the hidden workload that black and brown actors and actresses have to go through mm-hmm. just to go to work. I, have you ever so heard a white woman, a white man come and say, I have to go on YouTube and type in, you know, how like Peruvian hair tutorial. It, yeah, it blew my mind. I tried to like, we're going a bit of this. Into, sorry, we're going into a bit of this with Jordan and, and Lee. And it's just the extra baggage that we have to carry as black people. It's so like, why? Like, I need to come to work and act, and I need to think about my hair. Like, when there's someone on set, imagine, just let's imagine someone like DiCaprio or De Lewis, people that are famed, uh, what do you call it? Character actors. Sorry, uh, method character actors. Whatever your, your feelings on, on that term are. People that say, oh, they're. The Lewis told everyone to call him Lincoln. Now, if he had to worry about his hair before every scene, like he's not going to have the leeway to do things like that because he can just turn up and focus on the scene. He can just turn up and focus on the work. Mm. But black people, black women need to wake up three hours earlier so they can do their hair themselves or they need to find a way to make sure the hair and makeup artist doesn't feel bad because they are doing their hair themselves. I'm just like, it, it, it's just so taxing that as a black person you need to leave not only as your person but you have to have all this extra baggage as well yeah but yeah this documentary was just was really good i'm not a documentary person i don't really watch that many documentaries uh but yeah this was just really good just i love actors i've always loved actors Mm. so just seeing all these actors that i really like coming on board like just seeing their experiences david ajala is on here as well um um, Saffron Hawking from Top Boy, just like it just it's really a murderous row of people. You're like, oh, I know you, I know you, I know you, and just the, the experience. You're like, oh, Naomi Harris is an Oscar nominee, but she still goes through things. Goes like through things like this so much so that she has she wants to come out it on a documentary. It's just like wh- why, but yeah, it's just mm-hmm. one of those other things that like people, black people, need to go through to exist and do their yeah. work, like just do the work. Yeah, because I relate to this in a weird way. It's a similar experience. I remember when I went to university outside of London and the first conversation me and my mom had was, how are you going to do your hair? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I was going to a uni city which has a black population there, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Actually, I'm going to be offend people. I don't know if they were going to be coons or not. 
<laughs> do you know what I mean? And I don't know if they're going to be well versed in black, like black natural hair. I've not relaxed my hair since I was mm-hmm. 11. So you may know how to deal with, you know, relaxed hair. My hair isn't relaxed. Mm-hmm. And I have hair hairdressers all across the city that I can go to who I trust. I have three that I trust. And I remember the conversation me and my mum had was that, um, you know what, every two months you're going to have to come back and do your hair. And that's what I did my four years of uni. I didn't do my hair in that city once. And that, like, I've never, and it's it's mad because this this, is a really well-versed black population, but there's that added element of, I can't even, like, some of my friends literally just went to the salon, run Mm -hmm. random salon and will do a balayage. I only know what that is because some of my friends are white. I'm nodding like I know what that is, but I don't know what that is. It's basically like having highlights in your hair done in a certain way. They'll go to one random salon. They don't know this woman from Adam and they'll do their hair and they'll come out and it'll be fine. I remember the girls keep asking me, why are you not going to do your hair? He's like, I can't trust someone with my hair. You do my hair, you damage it, I'm damned. Like, that's it. I mean, even even as a man, like, I think at least most most black men know that, like, you go into a a barbershop and there's a white woman that you know you're not, you're not going to that white woman to cut your hair. Like, and sometimes I feel bad for the white woman because her chair is empty and all, everyone is just like not going. But sometimes it's like, I can't be the guinea pig. I can't be the one. And it's like, and then you have that kind of trust or even, or in this case, fear. And then you go on set and you, you don't have an option because you need to be on set in 30 minutes. You need to do the scene. You can't go find your barber. You can't wait for a black barber to come. And just like, yeah. And then I've watched so many films that you know, like, with all due respect, I like this man. I think he's a good actor. But Anthony Mikey turns up in Endgame. And I'm like, that shape of wasn't a black barber that did that. No And that stuff is, is imprinted in my head. As much as I... Forever. I love that film. I love that film. I love that scene. I'm just like, what are we doing here? And, like, it's in no... Like, it has nothing to do with him. He has no control over this thing. He's maybe... In a movie like Endgame, he's, what, 15th on the call sheet? 20th? And it's just like, he has no control over things like this, but there is no inclusion on the set. There's no proper representation. Like, yeah, we have a black, quote-unquote, Captain America. Sorry, that was that was rude. We have a no, black Captain true. America. it's true. Black, quote-unquote, Captain America. That's true. We have, a, we have a black Captain America, but we don't have, like, someone to cut his hair. And it's just like, it's one of those things, you're like, yeah, I mean, I mean, we please go with documentary. Um, please, on please, Sky, honestly, guys, on Now TV like, as well. Watch it because you know what, especially for um, the black women, particularly natural haired black women, and you're a bit iffy about watching a documentary on black hair on set. No, please watch it. Like, guys, like this is a very, very well done documentary. It was done from a place of care and mm-hmm. love and wanting this to be sought out. I know there have been so many documentaries about this topic, and it can be a bit. I don't know what the right word. There's a bit of a fatigue around it. Like how many yeah. times was we have this conversation about black hair, but this is a one of those ones which are really well done. And it's important that we keep having this conversation because I remember this conversation came up when the Black Lives Matter movement was at its peak, when the black when people were doing black squares and <laughs> think they were doing up Martin Luther King and people were having these conversations about well, the white women. What and yeah, the white, white women were on the black squares. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what things that oh what we can do better and they were hiring all these diversity people and putting black people in positions of power and only you have sacked them two years later. But that's besides the point. But that's a different you know, podcast. It's a very difficult podcast if I go there. But 
you know, we had this conversation two years ago, but it's important we keep bringing these conversations up. Because obviously mm-hmm. Sky, who obviously bought the doc- documentary, have obviously done done their bit and are improving their own diversity within their um, production company. Yeah, makeup, I think yeah. it's, it, I think it's important that we extrapolate this conversation. I think there's a tendency, as we should do, to hammer home with the big like Warner Brothers and Netflix and Apple TV and all these you know massive you know media companies in terms of production. However, and you know. And what else is there? The massive indie one, A24 and all those stuff. But however, mm-hmm. uh, Banky was saying in the interview, which we'll hear, the more indie companies and indie people should also be looking at themselves. Like if you're having a film and you're producing a film and, you've, and you're actually hiring black and brown people to be in your film, what measures have you put in place? Who's going to do their hair and makeup? Sense, man. Just, just common sense, man. Just common sense thing. Like, have you bought, like, Banky was talking about when he did his short film, he made sure that he had hair and makeup for the black people in set and a DB who knew how to deal with lighting with black and brown people. I still remember that Beyonce video in Blow was the first time, one of the first times I've seen black people in blue light shown properly. Mm-hmm. But that's because she's a black woman who cares. Mm-hmm. So I think there's more to be done and we have to keep having these conversations, guys, like, let me and Banky know after watching the, the documentary, listen to this episode of the podcast. Any of your thoughts? Is there anything that shocked you? Anything that didn't shock you? Anything that you you took away from it? Is there something you wish they expanded on anything? Just let us know because um, I think it's important that we continue the conversation because um, yeah. it's an important conversation to have. I should also quickly mention, if for some reason you've listened so far you don't plan to listen to the documentary just listen to the documentary because uh jordan and lee are great guys it was such a fun conversation the time flew by we spoke for like 30 minutes after we finished recording like so like yeah it's just you can feel the enthusiasm and the love they have for this project just and you might want you might wondering these are men these are two men talking about this thing yeah we asked those questions as well so um please check it out check out the document the interview and then check out the documentary or vice versa whichever we just listen to this interview please we need the podcast numbers um okay i don't know priscilla anything else before we go to interview no that's that's it okay uh priscilla i guess what's your verdict is it cinema uh yeah okay i'll take cinema okay that's good uh guys please listen and thank you and come listen to the rest of is the cinema and popcorn for dinner episodes on feed We've all heard the horror stories, top build actors having to do their own hair and makeup, major Hollywood productions not having black barbers on set, hairstylists quote-unquote not knowing the difference between a wig and a weave. And if you haven't, then you've found your way onto the right podcast. Because, as you hopefully know from the title of this episode, we are focusing on a new, emotional, insightful, affecting, insert hyperbolic adjective here documentary that highlights the struggles and emotional pain faced by UK black and brown actors in the hair and makeup trailer. Untold Stories, Hair on Set is created by Fola, Evans Akingbola, co-directed by Fola and Jordan Pitt, and shot by Lee MJ Daly, all three serve as producers. And joining Priscilla and I today are two-thirds of that super team. They've made this great documentary, but now I fear that maybe they may never be allowed to have a bad hair day again. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the podcast. It's Mr. Jordan Pitt and Mr. Lee MJ Daly. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Um, this Watching this documentary was emotional for me, but not because 
anything new was being said. We've all, like I said, we've all heard those stories. But it's just every time you're reminded that as black people, we can't just come up and do the work. We have to bring all this extra baggage. We can't just be like, okay, I need to be in the scene. I need to be in this character. We have to, like, we have to prepare for the work. We have to prepare our hair and makeup people. We have to make sure their guilt is okay. Oh, that was just quite emotional. And that was not a question. That was just a statement. That was just, let me just start off with that right off the bat. Uh, but yeah, I mean, first things first, how did you guys get involved in this project? If you don't mind me asking, how did it come to both of you? Yeah, so Fola reached out to, to me. Mm-hmm. I'm friends with her uncle, Jimmy Akinbola. Okay. And she had already kind of pitched this concept around um, not having any joy. She decided to make it independently. So on that search, she yeah got that recommendation from Jimmy um, and asked, you know, who could I, who would you suggest that I reach out to to make it? Yeah. And yeah, humbly he he suggested me, and she got in touch, and straight away, um, yeah, just the concept being an actor as well, mm-hmm. it, it really just resonated, and it was something I instantly wanted to be a part of. Yeah, that's okay. So it was all through. Um, she was the one that brought the idea to both of you. Yes, and obviously, well, not obviously, but Lee is my co-producer, super DP. (laughs) Um, We've worked on many projects um, prior to this. So um, on her reaching out, I was like, yeah, I'm interested. Let me just make one phone call. Yeah. (laughs) Phone call was to Lee, and yeah, he was all over it. Mm -hmm. With Lee, sometimes you've got to gauge it. If you don't hear a a follow-up phone call with further ideas, he's not interested, but call me back yeah. 10 minutes and say, yeah, what about this? What about oh, that? That's cool. Right. Yeah. I, I guess when you, you can feel when that enthusiasm is, is there. Lee, does that track from your end? Yeah. Yeah. Jordan knows me well. <laughs> <laughs> if there's no phone call, there's, there's, um, is more, is needs to, uh, entice me more, bigger, bigger carrot. Get a yeah. Bigger carrot to entice me. But said it was just the fact that like, I'm, I work in, in this industry and it was like, wait a minute, Fala is an actress who's, now famous mm-hmm. she's had on big shows and she has to get up at 3 a.m to do her hair surely she's big enough to demand not even demand to she's expect. big enough to expect her hair to be taken care of properly mm-hmm. so i was like wait a minute something doesn't something's not right here like <laughs> what 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 kind of world we're living in where it sounds bad but obviously like fame gives you privilege right mm-hmm. so i thought in my little head that her fame but her privilege of getting the head taken care of but it's not the case so I was like, okay, I'm interested. Let, let me see where this goes because you probably hear in a minute, Jordan had a, a light bulb moment for Jordan as well, but I let him tell that, that story himself about, about hair and getting it done and stuff. But yeah, that was tracks for me. That, that's how it was. Like one phone call was like, yeah, I'm in. Okay. That's, I mean, that, that's really cool that both of you were on, on board immediately. Yeah. Yeah, because following on from what you're both discussing about it, was there any specific things maybe public discourse because this has been something that's been discussed so much on social media was there anything specific that made you think okay I want to join this so for example I think somebody was it did the discourse make you more inclined to want to join in and put your own perspective on what you think the issue is was it from your own experiences that you had within the actual field that you feel like you want to put light on as well or was it just general interest in this Okay, I can't say this topic sounds weird, but this general experience that we've all shared. Yeah, so for me, the 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 initial pull 
towards the subject, I guess, first being growing up in entertainment and I guess the light bulb moment that Lee mentioned, um, I had never consciously experienced this. And it was through that initial conversation with Ola that I'd realized, wow, actually, these norms shouldn't be normal. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when I did have hair, um, going up, rocking up to set and not expecting my hair to be done and, you know, going to the barbers prior to get my hair sorted and not having the option on set. With men, generally, they're quite loyal to their barbers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I probably would have stuck to one barber anyway, but. You know, it's only within the last three, four years was the first time I actually saw a black barber on set. Mm. You know what I mean? So that just shows how far we need to go um, and how much of a of an issue it is. So, yeah, in terms of that was the initial alert to me because even um, knowing the magnitude, you know, admittedly, I didn't know the magnitude of the problem until kind of going on this journey. And you're like, wow, like, I can't believe it. Because, you know, like without speaking to people, you're like, at first you're like, all right, you've got to get up a bit earlier. But then, you know, you hear all the stories and go through the journey of it. And you're like, wow, no, this is much deeper than than, than it initially seems. The norm shouldn't shouldn't be the norm. Uh, It's interesting because I've been thinking about this since I first watched the, the documentary. I remember... Unfortunately, I couldn't find the exact place he said it. But I remember Leo Real Harry when he was talking about Get Out. Obviously, nothing but praise for that film. But I remember him mentioning that I think either they didn't have a black barber on set or the one they had was terrible. I can't remember exactly. But like, if you see his first scene in the film, his shape up, he basically doesn't have his shape up because he was like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And then obviously, you can see that as the movie progresses, he probably went back home and he did his own shape up with his own barber, as you mentioned. It was like, this is Get Out. This is will go on to be an Oscar winning film. And like, still they didn't have that kind of representation and inclusion on set which i guess leads me to a good point because i'm assuming this was came from jordan and probably from you lee as well because there's a substantial male perspective in this film more than i would have expected going in so i guess my question is actually twofold first of all we know that this is predominantly a female issue or at least they are the ones that consciously recognize it right going in like you said you didn't realize that it was a conscious thing until you're like, wait, this doesn't feel right. So was there ever any hesitation on your part in producing this film or actually co-directing this film because you're like, am I telling someone else's story? And then conversely, what led to you um, imputing that male perspective in the film? I think what I wanted to get across from a story, well, not a storytelling point of view, but, you know, from a directorial standpoint, was to create that feeling that I had when I had that initial conversation with Fuller, mm. I found it very kind of revelationary and, you know, I had to look inwards and, you know, so that realization, I knew that would resonate with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And as you said, the norm is just to have like a, a female led piece where people could easily say, all right, it's not, it's not that much of a big problem, but, you know, showing the scope of the problem across male, female, different age groups, um, and there's a lot more we could have covered, but you know, there's only 45 minutes that we had, mm-hmm. um, we, we only kind of scratched the surface of it, but you know, we, we interviewed children as well. Um, we, we had stories from, you know, yeah, child actors who, who, who were suffering. So it's like, you know, the older generation, the present generation, the future generation, 
it's still a problem. And, you know, the, the, the main point of this documentary is to kind of force a change um, or at least start the discussion around it. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that idea that you wanted to use your role as, for lack of a better term, the minority here to kind of show everyone else this is what we've been missing. Because it, obviously there's a lot of benefit in the person who owns the story telling the story because it's their story. But also there's a, I guess there's a benefit in me saying, I just found this out and I need people to find out as well. That's there's like, you guys don't know what you don't know because I didn't know five minutes ago. So that's very interesting. Uh, can we go back a few seconds? So Fallout comes to you, Jordan. Yep. You go to Lee. The three of you are together. You're like, we like this story. We're going to self-produce it. We're going to self-fund it, which I know that's incredibly ambitious. Some would say stupid. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> what, what, what was that process like? Self-funding, self-producing this, this documentary that ends up at Sky. I think the, the first thing to speak about, though, is what you, the documentary you watched wasn't the initial documentary. Okay. The initial documentary was, was, was a very smaller scope. Mm. A, a much more scope. It was, it was Father wanting to shed light on this on this issue and the issue she has as a, as a black actress. And it was a day in the salon she uses, and she doesn't use any other salon. It's in it's, it's in shortage called curl talk, and they used to deal with curly hair, mm -hmm. right? Like no matter what color you are, it's just curly hair. So we spent a day and we shot this mini documentary in curl talk, and then after that initial shooting day and we look back at the footage and we've gone this is great great stuff it's a good story i don't might know i don't remember whose idea it was but it was like this needs to be a, a way longer documentary this is like this short thing needs to be bigger and i think it was also a conversation father might have had with one of her, her friends um who's also an actress who said she wanted to tell her story mm. and then i think it's a snowball effect where one person heard everyone's like oh i've got the same story i want to i want to speak i want to speak i want to speak and I think that was the the, the 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 birthplace of the bigger documentary. Just to add from that, yeah, um, that's a good point, Lee, because from the get-go, I think Fonda wanted to tell a, a short version of it. And I kind of, I was in a corner no matter what. So I always just left it as, you know mm -hmm. what, this, you can make a series out of this. You can make a full feature out of this. But if you're adamant you want to make a short, cool. And as as Lee said, it's just that snowball effect. So you you a mixture of reviewing the footage, the conversations with people, um, the, the, the caliber of people that are willing to sit down and talk mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on camera about their experiences. Yeah, it was, it was a no brainer. And yeah, after that, it was, it just kept growing and growing and growing to the point where there was an abrupt stop to the process. It was like, okay, we're not shooting no more. <laughs> so, um, and that we was, did argue yeah. about that. We'd, it, was, it, was abrupt, it wasn't abrupt. It wasn't a, a general abruptness where we all agreed, okay, we stopped shooting. It was like, we just stopped, yeah. we just stopped shooting now. We're like, no, no, it's, just, it's more, it's more we can get, it's more. But, um, that's, um, that's another story. <laughs> but yeah, it's, 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 it, it was, uh, like I said, as Fonda always says, a labor of love. Um, that's, that's the phrase, um, a labor of love of, over a two year period. And, yeah, it's, it's like I, I would always say, we're just scratching the surface. There's, there's so much more that could be covered, that could be said. But saying that, I think 
a lot of the power is in the 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 length of it at the moment. So for, 45 minutes is short, impactful, and leaves room for a, a lot of discussion. But sorry, talking back about the self-producing thing, it's uh it's uh it's 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 for any filmmaker, especially and as well, like Val's not here, but I praise her again for being a first time filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Obviously me and Jen have done it a f- quite a few times now, but self-funding and being a producer of, of and being a, a co-director imagine like she's an act she's an actress she's never been on, on the other side of the camera but watching her grow bit by bit being a, being follow the actress being for the director and being for the producer yeah and self-funding this thing it was um yeah it's watching like Sounds bad, but watching a child give <laughs> his first steps and then start running. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, like I said, I think I said it in a, a few interviews, like by the end of it, she was on fire. Like she, she was like, she, if she wasn't an actress, she'd be a, a great producer. Mm. And like self-funding it is, like I said, he's um, one of those things he said is, is stupid. It is like, <laughs> don't throw your own money at, at your project. Cause you don't know, unless you got a deal, man, like don't throw your money at your project. But she had that much faith in what, what she was doing. She money, spending the money wasn't the issue. Um, getting the story was the issue for her. That was the outcome was getting the story and she had faith that it would be sold no matter what, mm. like power in what, in what we were capturing. Uh, hey, can I quickly ask you about that? Because you, either between you or Fola's contact book, you assemble like a quite impressive roster of Oscar nominees and BAFTA winners and Emmy winners and everything. So without getting too much in the weeds, you don't need to reveal anything you're not comfortable with, but... What was that process like? And was there a point when it clicked and you were like, oh, we have something here? Yeah, I, I guess it's kind of as I, as, as I mentioned earlier with the, the snowball effect. Mm-hmm. So the, the acting industry is very small. So, you know, if someone's not a friend, someone's a friend of a friend or, you know, and you've got one person talking on camera, then you realize, okay, so then that person's accessible. All right, so let me ask about person A or person B. And when they come back and there's not too many back and forths and they're instantly um, interested, like I said, th- those were the moments. You're like, oh, wow. You know, um, we're going to be talking with Naomi Harris, Natalie Emmanuel, and so on and so on. And, you know, the fact that they're still going through issues is, is, is mind, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, there was that moment as well where, we had our what, what's the word white whale, right? The the the, the I think we had a couple to be honest, like there's a few, but like I remember like it was like one of the conversations about did we start filming now, <laughs> and and like obviously follows using contacts, everyone's using contacts, and she's like yeah, like like, like Jordan said, this community is small, so everyone knows everybody else by probably one degree, mm. so like I think father must have sent off an email to Naomi Harris way way back in the start. And it's only towards the end of the process when we're about to wind down. Literally, I think we're about to stop filming. Where if I was like, if I was like, she 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 does multi-part messages. So she's like, I got great news. And we're just like, what's the great news, man? <laughs> she's like, no, me Harris. And I think that's that's when it's like, but for me, I took back. I was like, okay, we've got all these great actresses and no, me Harris. This is this is insane. So um, yeah, through the whole process, I was quite chuffed with the amount of people on camera. Especially like the, the the male actors we got as well. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, yeah, this is this is way beyond special. Like, and, and it's all these UK actors as well. It's just great to see. Even my mum knew some of them, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that a great test to know how how far you made it. 
when 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 the moms know about you. Animation plays a pivotal part in this in this film. How early in the process? Obviously, you said this the final version was not what was planned originally. So, how early in this? I guess the new process. Do you know? Okay, we're going to use animation here. Very early. I heard Alex from Don Dada Studios talk about how they incorporated their own experiences in crafting the animation. So was that something you knew you wanted to do? You wanted to get someone that had personal experience or was that just a happy coincidence? How did animation come to play a part in the final version? I think, I'm very sure that was, that was Fodder's idea in the initial, because when we, when we had spoken um, initially and started expanding it, obviously something like this, there's a danger of it just being interview heavy. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly thinking of ways to kind of break it up. Um, so she had mentioned animation and yeah, that was pretty much in the process before most of the filming. So very, very early on to the point where the documentary had, had like I said, it keeps expanding. So really it, it was, it was to serve a shorter piece. And then the worry was, are we still going to be able to use it in this longer version that we now have. Mm. Um, I was always confident that, um, that, that it would work. And yeah, thankfully, you know, once it was all finished, it, it, it did. And I think it, it, it breaks up the piece nicely. Um, so yeah, big, big shout out to, to Alex from Dondera. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can definitely feel the, the personal touch from the animation. Like it's not just somebody trying to draw Fuller and trying to draw what it means for a mother to brush her daughter's hair. You can feel that that was like somebody's lived in experience. So that was, that was very cool. And it makes sense that that's something that's been there from day one. And it was just like, it just evolved with the story as, as it went on. Speaking of moms, I know this is the scene that like Priscilla and I both really like, but please correct me if I'm wrong. How, I feel like once your host has a white mom who is also an anthropologist, you know very early on that that's going to play a pivotal role in the documentary. Like, you know that, look, at some point, we're going to have to go talk to your mom about this because, like, who's going to give us better better knowledge? How, how, what was that like? Because that scene is is incredible. The the breadth of knowledge that, that she goes through in, what, three minutes? It's, it's just, I don't know, please speak about that scene. Yeah, you say three minutes, you know, again, there was a lot, a lot more gems. Oh, I, we were... I, I had a feeling. <laughs> had a feeling. Uh, yeah, we had a feeling that was the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, my mum's amazing. Um, you meet her and just speak to her generally. It's her general aura. So I'm so pleased that that translated on screen as well. And again, that, that was something that Fonna knew she wanted to include. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, a lot of our conversations were were about how to expand, how to make it different, how to make it um, approach it as a 360 approach, um, the documentary on the whole. So um, a lot of these ideas were already brought to the table and then it was just constant refinement. So um, again, it, w- it was full of birth and created the piece. Mm. And from there, it was just... The three of us, you know, it was it, it was it was a a playground, so to speak, for us to just keep talking about refining it and how to make it, yeah, just just to attack it in a, in a in yeah a three sixty three sixty way. Yeah, what was the question again? <laughs> no, 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 that that answers the question. That answers, that answers the question. it perfectly. So I think the main thing when coming back from documentary 
which I will say, I mean, I told Jordan this when he first came on, which I thought I've seen many a black hair documentary and this was probably the most well done. So I think it gets the perspective of everyone. So I think sometimes we tend to, I think they tend to pigeonhole, pigeonhole themselves in specific areas within black hair, but to get both the male and female experience of what it's like to actually be in this industry and getting your hair done, like men are going through just, I can't imagine trying to get trimmed in, in Hollywood <laughs> and the barber's not on it at all. Um, but the main thing I wanted to know about from watching documentary was, was there a story that one of the actresses or actors told you that actually shocked you? Because there's things that we know about before. I mean, what I, I think what I took away, I was shocked about, even though I thought this could, maybe it'll happen, but I thought surely not. It was one of the actresses talked about how she had to send a video of tutorial on how her hair needs to be done. That completely, I was frustrated. I, I think that was Fuller, wasn't, wasn't it? Yeah. Fuller herself, yeah. 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 Fuller herself. And I was completely shocked the idea that you have to send a video on how to do someone's hair. Um, but is there any other stories that the actresses or actors have told you that you thought, okay, wow, this is a lot worse than I actually thought? I would say that, that I wouldn't pinpoint any one, um, one story. And I say that because each was so different and shocking. So the fact that you've got people's hair that's damaged, mm falling out as people with, you know, live court cases. Um, so each time, I don't know, Lee, you, you, you can, you can chime in, but yeah, each time I sat down it was just like a, wow, mm-hmm. kind of moment, you know, cause again, with this 45 minute piece, some people's individual interviews were longer than <laughs> the out piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 hard to pick out one individual story, but yeah, they were all revelationary. Yeah, though I think that, I think, yeah, I think you're right. For me, there was no one story. Uh, actually, there is one story, but it's it's not a, a bad story. It's a good one. I think it's Elsie, right? He, he speaks about getting his hair done with with the the, the white female barber. Yeah, he cut his hair, and he was shocked when she got it right. Uh, that that's the story for me. Like in terms of like the most shocking. In a good way, hmm. yeah. Like, in a bad way, because all the other stuff, it sounds bad, but I expect it. Like after like hearing the first views, like they all told it very differently, all very different experience, and everyone has a very different emotional response. I mean, I think like I think it was a Dominic Tipper. She had a, she had obviously she speaks about having great a great experience, but uh, bad experiences. But like her, and like, also everyone's energy is very different. Like she was very she was like a a. a she was she was adamant that this is going to make the change. Like her energy was that. Like she's going to tell her story, and this is making change, right? So her story as well, one that stuck with me, just her whole, her whole interview because of her her, her energy. But Olsi's story was great because also in building the documentary, I think it's another conversation we had a few times. It was also about this can't be like a crying piece. Mm. It's just tears, it? but it also has to have some some joy about our wonderful hair and about our, our skin. It has to have some joy in it as well, and like. Just, just uh, some of that having that in the documentary as well was important, and some of the edges, different edges, brought into the documentary gave us those joyous moments, like OC and uh, I think David had a few, few laughs. Yeah. there's many more laughs, by the way. There's many more, many more laughs uh, in there, especially from like some of the older actresses. Yeah, 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 yeah. She has some great ones as well. 
is because building on what you're saying, Lee, is there a conversation that you want to be built on from the documentary that, you know, building on what you're saying, of course, that whilst there have been many uh, terrible experiences with black hair within this industry, but however, there are have been some light spots where, like what you're saying, many of the some of the actors were saying, you know what, this person got my trim right. It was actually really nice and it made it easier for me to go into work. Is there any other conversations alongside that one that you want people to take away from watching a documentary? Take away? Um, funnily enough, there's one thing we I would have loved. I think me and John both would have gotten into in the documentary that we couldn't fit in because of time constraints. And the, I think the message, what I would like people to think about is what can I do as someone who works in the industry to further the the knowledge, uh, bridge the knowledge gap for people who can't do black textured, however we want to phrase it. We had this issue as well about phrasing hair, the term with <laughs> hair, uh, uh, um, but f- filling that gap, knowledge gap. How do you fill that knowledge gap? I think that's the what people want people to take away from it more than like all the issues people have had. The issues people have had should be the, the catapult to bridging the knowledge gap. And there's another whole conversation about knowledge gap we found um, with some other stuff that didn't make into the documentary. Like, if you're in London, you should be able to fill that, fill that knowledge gap pretty easily, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's, London has a large black population. But if you live in somewhere like Carlisle, how if you're a hair artist, how of any color, how do you get to do black hair in Carlisle or Scotland? Like there are black people there, but access to them as a hairstylist, that's part of the knowledge gap as well. Like it's okay saying you need to learn that, but how do I learn that? And that comes with with where you are in, in, the, in, in the UK or in the world, and also having someone like Kevin Fortune's Academy where you can go and do that. And like another story is like in Kevin Fortune's Academy, we went there and there's, there's a lovely lady from Canada, she came from Canada to, to, to train on black hair. Oh, wow. And she was mixed race, wow. but lived in a white family and never got to do black hair. And she came all that way just to train at his amazing academy. So that's, for me, that's a story. Of, that's the, what people want people to take away from the documentary is, Let's, let's bridge the knowledge gap for everybody because like my mom's a mom's hairdresser and she can do everyone's hair because she had to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, m- most of the population is, is has Caucasian hair. So you have to learn to do it. So, you know, and like, yeah, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Like the knowledge gap is the issue and filling that gap is what we're people to, to think about. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember if it was Fola's mom or Afwad I was talking about it, but it's just the idea of us being other right like this, a black hairdresser would ha- would know how to deal with white hair but a white hairdresser thinks because black and curly hair and whatever that's other i don't need to like really know about that and it's just obviously the documentary is really good because not only does he paint these problems he also gives advice he gives things that could be solutions and i think yes like you said the knowledge gap people actually wanting to to make changes people actually wanting to learn the different like yeah, I don't know. It's like everything. I guess it just comes on people actually wanting to, willing to, to see the change. And and this is not even in any way comparable. But when I did, when I was working on my short film, it was the first short film I'd ever done. And my co-director is white, and I was and we self-funding, hence this stupid comment earlier. And I, I well, I was like, look, we don't have any money, but there are two things I'm gonna have to pay for, even if I have to take out a loan for a DP that can light black people and a makeup artist, hair makeup artist for, for black women because we have black women in our cast. Those are, just, those are two things. Anything else I could 
stay up late and cook for the cast and crew and bring that as food, as catering, whatever it takes. But those two things, we need to have professionals do this. And I just, I don't know. I think, obviously, I'm a black man. I've heard the black story. So maybe I'm more sympathetic to everything. But like, just so people just need to, from everywhere, from Warner Brothers and Disney all the way down to the the short film production down the road. I think, just to Priscilla's point earlier, I think it was Madeline stating how like she doesn't have one good memory yeah that just broke my heart she's been on cw for like 10 years yeah i was like how how do you not have yeah. one good me- is so depressing so depressing yeah and we did look for it in terms of good experiences all of our conversations that was a question asked because again for a documentary you're looking for variety mm-hmm. or in any story you're, you're not, you're not mm-hmm. just looking for all the same stories so um we were searching for and we got some you no, did you did i mean yeah like it got it's actually funny when the good stories towards the end started coming in i wasn't expecting and it was actually quite like shocking because i was like i was in that point like in my depressed bag i was really really i was like okay this is i'm gonna be sad now and then the good stories came the clips of people dancing the makeup trail it's like we're, we're, acting is the difficult part Directing is difficult part. Shooting is difficult part. We we shouldn't let the prep be difficult as well. Like, why are we like the white actor is just going to walk in at five a.m. from for his five thirty call? He doesn't need to care about all of this, but we have to be up at three a.m. It's just it's just a lot. And do you know what? A part of me gives the benefit of the doubt is of sometimes this isn't necessarily malicious, mm-hmm. and we call it, we, as we said it's a knowledge gap. And if it was overlooked before, out of ignorance, cool. But now, with the documentary, in terms of what we want people to take away from it, from my point of view, is that now you have no excuse. Now you know, let's create that change in culture yeah. and do better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, I guess we shouldn't mention credit where credit is due. I think on the day when Sky announced that they were purchasing this documentary, they also announced that their new um, yeah. diversity and inclusion scheme for hair and, and makeup on, for black hair and makeup on, on their set. So like, again, it's just, it's those little things. Like we, we've seen it recently with things like the intimacy coordinator on those kind of, it's those little things that just make a big difference in, in the industry as a whole. Just again, I keep restating just so, they can do difficult work of acting and directing and shooting because like they shouldn't have to care about their hair and making sure the hair makeup artist feels okay about not being able to deal with their hair or whatever. Um, so it's been a very... On, on, on the end of that, actually, mm-hmm. just to further give Sky their, their credit, that was actually in motion before yeah. the documentary. It wasn't like ah. the documentary was was there to push that initiative. So um, yeah, that... it. It was just about timing. Yeah, coincidentally. So that was in place and um, this documentary was put in front of them by one of our exec producers, producers, um, Andy Mundy Castle. And yeah, it was just it was just alignment and timing. And yeah, that was in motion prior. Uh, yeah, I should have mentioned that. It was, thank you for, for pointing it out. And it has been a great conversation about a great topic, a very intellectual conversation. So... I would not be myself if I didn't derail it into something stupid. Um, and please feel free to plead the fifth. But you mentioned, you, you did allude to this earlier, and I was talking to Priscilla about it. How many pints did Fuller and Dr. Julian Evans go through? Because based on the level of those glasses, that was a long conversation with, with probably several 
finds each. I mean, you can plead the fifth. Fola isn't here to defend herself if that's what you want to do. But it seemed like it was a very, very long conversation. No, no pints, man. That was just green tea. Was that, that was, okay. That was good, yeah. good to know. That was green tea. Yeah, it was green tea. Yeah, it was green tea. It was daytime. Yeah, it was daytime. It was, it was, it was <laughs> Well, for here to for for me for the cross examination. Um, who you guys are here, Jordan and Lee? This has been a great conversation. I'm so happy I got to watch this documentary. I've already started recommending to friends and um, some of the people that I know in the industry. I just think it's something that it's one of those times where I think for people like that's something that is vocalizing what I already knew. But I thought I was running. I thought I was going crazy. So somebody else is saying it. So now, now I can show it to people and like, see, I wasn't, I wasn't shouting that the sky was falling. So I just, it's a really great documentary. I hope you guys are proud of the work you've done. Um, as Priscilla, Priscilla, who has what way more black haired documentaries than me says, it's the best she's seen. So like, I can't. I don't think I can praise it any more than that. So well done on on the job. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, but I guess before you go, any other thing you want to? Just shout out to our listeners. Anything you have coming down the pipeline? Anything you already have out that they could check out? Yeah, we've got some of our, our previous films that Lee and I have um, worked on, produced together. Coffee short film, which won fan favorite at ABFF a few years back, and we got Hi John, which we released at the at the top of the year. Mm-hmm. So um, those are both Perfect. on YouTube now. You, you can check those out. One Umbrella Productions. Um, and yeah, um, check out the documentary, Sky Documentaries and Now oh, TV. Um, and yeah, now it's, 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 we're, we're just in, we're just underground now, just prepping what's next. Yeah, just do your lap of honor, take take the credit. And, and like, I need to give a special shout out to Fola. Obviously, it's unfortunate she couldn't be here, but I hope she as well. She's just, based on what you guys have said, like, this is all her. This is from from the, from day one so i just really hope that she's also very proud of the work she's done because this has been a great documentary and just the the contributors everyone involved just seemed to really knock out of the park so well done to both of you and everyone it's a big thanks to father as well just for for trusting us bring this vision to life yeah like i said from day one it's 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 been it's been a journey it's been a beautiful journey and um just obviously that for certain days there was a lot more people involved mm-hmm. but you know as as our our core teams, a lot of, you know, long zooms together, um, a lot of late nights, a lot of early, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, as with any project that you're making, but yeah, with the three of us, um, kind of at the core. How long was the entire process? Like, when did she reach out to you? Top of 2021. Oh, wow. If I wow. So, wow. But, um, yeah. Yeah. But that's one of the things of producing something you got to work on other things. So we all had, you know, Fonda had acting jobs come through yeah. out of the country various times. Lee's working full time in the daytime anyway. For me, yeah, times where I was away as well on jobs. So you just got to make it work. I do. I, I, I understand that way more than way more than you believe. So yeah. But yeah, thank you very much for this. This was a great conversation for a great documentary. And I hope anyone who hasn't so far, please go check it out. It's on now TVs on Sky. Yeah, thank you very much, Jordan. Thank you very much, Lee. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. It was an enlightening experience. Pleasure. Thanks for having us on. Thank you for being here.